Hello and welcome back to another episode of Nick Tiffany's Movie Reviews in the podcast form. Today we're back with another SIF 2023 film, continuing our online portion of the film festival. Today we're coming at you with another documentary, one that I was very eager to, uh, to explore, partially because of maybe where I work and the food that I love. But today we're going to be talking about Stella, coming from Italy, directed by Tyler Doring. Stella follows Chef Ciro Oliva, who runs a pizzeria called Concettina a Tre Santi. And for him, it would be the biggest honor in the world to become the first Michelin star chef of a pizzeria. Now he works in Naples, making traditional uh, Neapolitan style pizza, which, you know, as they uh, refer many times, we'll let you know. In the film, you know, that's that's real pizza. The stuff you eat in America, it is a pizza variant. But, you know, all those extra toppings, all that other stuff, they're like, no, that's not that's not it. Chiro tells you very simply, four things go into our dough. And these four things have the ability to change everybody's life. Water, salt, flour, and yeast. That's all their dough is. And then from there, he says you can create miracles with your toppings, with however you present it. And, and I would agree with that. I, you know, I am number one pizza lover over here. Um, so immediately, and you know, I work in an Italian restaurant. And so having uh, a Sicilian chef who, you know, has shown us some Neapolitan style pizzas before, the difference between a traditional margarita pizza and, you know, even the ones that we do here in America, um, you know, just looking at the mozzarella and how it's traditionally prepared versus what we might buy shredded in the store. Um, I've always food, food documentaries, always interesting to me. Um, if anything, you know, I think they're always presented pretty well as far as showing you how the food is crafted, exploring some of these ingredients, um, and the unique places they come from. Uh, so Stella, this, it's a really curious documentary. It almost feels like it is two competing films in one. Because on the one hand, you're following Chiro, you're following the pizzas he's creating and the, the concoctions and learning about how, you know, unlike the Michelin restaurants, you know, we're not buying the most expensive ingredients, doing the craziest things for, uh, for our customers. But what we're doing is, you know, we're partnering we're speaking with all of the neighboring farms all around us and everybody here in Naples, you know, we're working together to keep our local ingredients local and to utilize those so that when people come here, it is like they're having a taste of Naples. You know, it is a true representation of everything you see that is grown, that is watered, fed, everything, everything around you, you're eating the product of that place almost. Um, and there is something really special about that. Um, whether it's, you know, people's obsession now with farm to table and knowing where all of their ingredients come from, um, shopping local, whatever, you know, whatever it is, there's a total side of that. You know, it's, it's brilliant from a, from a business point, I think just because, you know, you're not traveling far exchanging goods and whatnot, but it, it everybody, everybody wins when everybody works together and bringing influxes of people to support all of these different businesses there is really great. 
Um, so you've got that movie following uh, following Chiro, and then you've also got half of a documentary that's about Michelin and understanding where the Michelin stars came from and this whole idea of how coveted they are and learning the process by which a Michelin star is awarded. Um, it's a lot more secretive than people think. Um, it's pretty funny. They joke a lot of different chefs who have had Michelin stars or have uh, lost Michelin stars discuss the fact that the Michelin representatives that will give them their stars or reviews, always incognito. You will never, ever know when someone is here evaluating your restaurant. And so for that reason, so many of these places hold the highest standards because you need to treat every guest like they are a Michelin raider. Um, it was really funny. They said, it doesn't happen often, but on occasion you will have a solo diner who is just a solo diner. But they said the number one thing they look for, if you're a solo diner at a Michelin star restaurant, I, you know, we're almost your, your VIP, your executive level. And they're going to go over and above to make sure that you're taken care of just because they're like, at, you know, as they said themselves, a lot of these places, it's going to cost a week's salary for your meal. And obviously it probably won't be that big. I mean, I've seen tons of these food platings and whatnot, you know, the plating is exquisite, but you know, you're like, how am I going to get full off of that? We're going to have like 15 courses and in some of these places you do. But, uh, I guess for me, the, you know, the most interesting thing learning the Michelin side of things was understanding that the Michelin tire company in an effort to promote business, but also to sell tires was like, Hey, we need to make a Michelin guide of all the places that you should go out of your way for on your journey. When you're driving across the country, you know, if it has a Michelin star, this means drive as far out as your way as you can, because this is so worth it. It's unlike any other experience. And while you're driving out there, you're probably going to burn through some tires. So Michelin tires last twice as long as other tires, of course. So, you know, it was not started without its own secretive, like, oh, well, you know, we're going to make some money on this and we'll promote some crazy businesses. But what it's ballooned into almost 100 years later, um, you know, they'll tell you most Michelin restaurants for the longest time, it was either something Italian, French, some fusion cuisine, but it was just mostly inaccessible as far as food and the masses go. It's not food that you would traditionally serve a majority of people, the common folk, I should say. And, you know, because to a degree, that's how it feels, because your foil in this documentary is that pizza is the food of the common folk. They say, you know, pizza, some snobs say pizza is the food of poor people because, you know, it's so easy to make and you can just throw anything on it and it's lazy and it takes no effort costs nothing, whatever. Um, these elitists who look down upon it, um, you know, they only recently started awarding Michelin stars to noodle places or, you know, a couple, and, you know, I think they said that, I don't know, not like taco trucks, but some sort of, some sort of something like that. They're getting Michelin stars now. If the presentation is truly outrageous, if you can see the characteristics of the chef and the food, um, so it, 
I don't know. I wanted, I really wanted to like this documentary more than I did. You know, all your shots going through Naples and parts of Italy are stunning. You know, I, as far as your viewing pleasure goes, it's beautiful. Everything you see on the screen is terrific. It's really enjoyable to watch these different kitchen environments, understanding some of the history behind Michelin, behind Neapolitan pizza, um, and then obviously kind of confirming what I feel like is maybe well known, but 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 again, you know, people overlook pizza. You know, it's too easy. You can't be, you can't have an extravagant or wonderful pizza. You know, it just doesn't, it's not going to reach that level of a steak or it's not going to reach that level of some exquisite fish that you can only catch once a year in Japan. Um, And it's funny because they talked about it. You know, obviously Chiro's here, like we're going the local route. We're going to give you fresh everything and it's going to come from the exact place that you're buying it. And meanwhile... These Michelin chefs are panicking because they're like, okay, I need to order fresh sea urchins from Australia and I need those flown in daily and we need this flown in from Mexico and we need this flown in. Like, we need all the best and the most rare, exquisite, whatever. Um, and obviously that works for a majority of the Michelin people, but I don't know. I just, I won't spoil anything as to what happens with uh, Chiro and his restaurant in there quest for a Michelin star, but I feel like, you know, he is absolutely onto something because at these Michelin restaurants, you know, obviously it's the snootiest, most uptight, you got to be in your best behavior, wear the best clothes, whatever, you know, it's, it really obviously is something special, but it's obviously, it's not accessible. It's not some place you gather for joy, for family for any of these things and that's where when you cut back to Chiro's pizzeria you know families grow up there and and you know I, maybe that sounds cheesy to some people but you know I work at a place that I once ate at when I was younger you know um you've got these really unique and special restaurants and places that create an environment and attract a certain type of people, a common folk, if you will, um, and bring them together under one roof to celebrate life, to celebrate anything, birthdays, anniversaries, homecomings, you've got baptism, you know, it could be anything. And it's a place where you meet strangers and you mingle and those strangers become friends. Um, And there's just something so organic about that experience and it's easy for some people to really just write it off as oh they don't take things seriously enough or you know there's kids in there laughing and having a great time or running around tossing dough back and forth like I it's just it's conflicting I know where some of this movie's coming from and I understand that it's nice to have you know really elegant things in places that exist like that but by no means should you ever overlook the little guys. And you shouldn't overlook, you know, whether it's the family restaurants, whether it's the the little spots making food that, oh, God, I, you know, here I am growing up in Houston and in Washington. I could think of a billion Mexican restaurants, authentic Mexican restaurants, that deserve a Michelin star. I don't know how there's probably not. But there should be a Michelin star for some place that sells queso. That's I'm like, there's 
so much good queso out there in the world and the people need to know. But they don't want you to know. They want you to stick with the, the snooty French places and eat escargot and little leaves that have been paintbrushed on the t- on the plate. Um, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll stop rambling about food and, and my own experiences. Um, I just wish I got a little bit more of each documentary, maybe, within this one documentary. I would have loved to spend a little more time with Chiro, truthfully, um, and spending that time in Naples. It was fascinating to learn a lot of the history behind the Michelin star, but I think it kind of overclouded some of the story they were telling as well. Um, but like I said earlier, there's tons to enjoy. There's lots. It's a visual feast. You're going to be very entertained on that front. And if anything, it'll get you thinking about, eh, maybe we should take a trip to Italy. Or, hey, maybe we should have pizza tonight. Because that is never the wrong answer, especially in my house. But thanks again for listening, guys. Uh, We got one more documentary we're going to get through. And then I got a couple killers for you. A couple bangers, if you will, as the kids say these days. So stay tuned. More SIF coverage coming up. Thanks again.